podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So hello everyone and thank you for watching us here via a Celtic State of Mind stream for what is Glasgow's Green, aka Gig Pod, episode 81. I'm Stevie, as you know, and uh, I happen to be a supporting character of the show and I'm happy to take the back seat here and let the true MVP of the podcast enjoy his moment in front of the camera. So yes, I'm delighted to see everyone. I'm joined by Rizzo. Hello, John. Hello. Uh, hi, everybody. We've done this last year as well, don't forget. Yes, I was going to get into that, John. I just wanted to first say, where's the curtains? Because it doesn't look like you're in a party today. <laughs> no, I'm in a different room this time. And unfortunately, I've lost a lot more hair from this time last year. Four of the same could be said of you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you yeah, enjoyed there. Let's, right, over go. Yes, let's, let's keep this professional as much as we can, John. Don't want any personal yes. digs. So now <laughs> this is no. our second year doing the Celtic State of Mind charity weekender. Last year was a good laugh and we raised money for those in need. So this year, John, tell the audience how it's going so far and how much has been raised and who we're raising money for. Right, first of all, I'll just have a look at the Celtic State of Mind uh, Twitter page and so far, £19,223 has been raised, which is unbelievable. That is fantastic. Nearly £20,000. So well done, everybody. And right, so what we're raising money for are two church parishes which are close to the Carlton in Glasgow, where, of course, Celtic were founded in 1887 by Brother Walford. It's St Mary's and St Alphonsus. And we're going to raise money because they do a lot of work in their communities. And like this money will help them do a lot of work, especially like Christmas, which is when like people in need need a lot of help. So if you want to donate, you go to gofundme.com and type in the ACSOM Charity Weekender. That's the ACSOM Charity Weekender. ACSOM, of course, is for a Celtic state of mind. So if you go there, you can donate. And actually, on the GoFundMe the now, it's got it's at £9,173 raised of a £10,000 goal, which is fantastic as well. So surely by the time we're all finished, they'll have raised over £20,000 at least. And well done, everybody, for doing that. I don't know. Hopefully people don't tune out, John, because we're on, but... Yes, that is fantastic of course not. indeed. <laughs> so a wee shout out to one of our brothers in arms who's missing today. Everyone knows there's a third man in Gigpod, but due to being rough in Firewater last night, and because he's too many enemies among other fans, never mind every other team's supporters in Scotland, Spunkphone will be here in spirit, if not physically. So straight, stay strong, Spunkphone. We are all with you. John, I know that you and Spunkphone are such a dynamic duo. Will you be able to recover and compose yourself to gear up for this one with me? I'll try, although... When we do podcasts, it's usually after traumatic Celtic defeats, like that one against Hearts in the first game of the season, that was just awful. But, no, good luck to him, and uh, let's talk about Celtic's sensational performance today. Indeed. So, just to also say, for anyone who's unfamiliar with what we do, we generally chat about Celtic on the show for around half an hour. Now, this was initially meant to be one hour, but due to scheduling conflicts, we have managed to get it up until seven or just after then so it's quite good because we were going to actually probably spend the last half hour just talking about our personal lives or that film the football <laughs> factory is fuller however 
thank you everyone for um, still tuning in and everything. Can I also just say I'm wearing a body warmer indoors because the windows are open and I happen to, unlike a lot of middle-aged men, enjoy getting fresh air as much as possible. I won't apologise for that, but John, I'm sure you do have solidarity with my clothing decision here. Yes, it's uh, actually one of your better Celtic uh, garments. And hey, we're meant to keep the windows open, of course, to stop the, the COVID crisis, don't forget. So keep those windows open, folks. Yes, thank you for that, yeah, Sturgeon. Right, anyway, so the same goes, John. They're the finest team in Scotland, Reed's on today, the well and truly backed her up. And yes, even if we are four points behind in the league, no one is capable of playing football like we do when all goes well, certainly in this country. A truly sublime performance from start to finish from Celtic with the defence untroubled, the midfield were dominant, and up front, even though the front three never managed to get on the score sheet, Dundee United's defence were just un unable to cope with them all afternoon. John will break down the game in stages, but briefly, what was your thoughts on the match this afternoon? Oh, I thought it was Celtic's uh, best performance of the season. Most complete performance. We dominated the first half, just strolled it. Second half, we, okay, took the foot off the pedal, maybe for like 10, 15 minutes, has to be expected. But then, like the last 20 minutes, we could have scored two or three goals easily. That's probably the only disappointing that we didn't score five or six. That's no exaggeration when you look at the chances we missed. But no, I think it was a best performance under Ange, especially when you consider the important players that were missing, the pressure that we were under because of Rangers winning yesterday. And no, it's been a good start to December. And the way Taylor are playing around, there's no reason that can't continue. Indeed, so we're talking about the stats here, John. Celtic, 71% possession, United's 29%. We had 26 shots and goal to their six, 12 corners to their one. And amazingly, John, they had more fouls. So we'll talk about this one later. <laughs> but if we start with the defence, I felt Joe Hart could have joined Hamish Carton from 67 Hail Hail and had another day off enjoying himself as he was that in trouble. I felt that was mainly down to our system. But if we chat about the back line, I felt JJ right back. I felt Taylor coming back in seamlessly. Um, CCV returning in Starfelt. Carried on his fine form after a brilliant display in midweek. I just generally felt today the defence had a natural balance there in our centre-halves. Like they weren't communicating constantly, but I think there's now a real understanding between them. And that's amazing considering, you know, Starfelt had been injured. CCV was out of the team, so to throw them back into a tricky fixture like that was going to be a potential risk. And they cruised it. So I wanted to know what your feelings were, John, and how the defence have gradually improved to the point that away days are now less of a worry than say a few months ago well I thought they were all excellent especially uh, if you talk about Greg Taylor for a minute I know he was nobody's favourite but that was his first game for months since October I think and you wouldn't have been able to tell that because he just him and Johnson we'll talk about him in a wee bit later but they were I thought played well together they put wrong a lot of the doubters because I think people would have been a bit concerned about uh, Taylor coming back into the team and uh, Johnson started but no I thought they all played well and a couple of things. I mean, I know we all like uh, Anthony Rallison and he's been fantastic this season. But we are better when we've got like natural left and right backs in the team rather than having Juranovic having to switch over the left. I mean, I know that's that's a good thing like, to have in the locker, but and it'll be good when Johnson when uh, Rallison's fit again. But to like so, Andrew's got the choices. But no, I mean, I thought they were well, and I thought Starfield was excellent, especially when you consider he like was booked after I think about twenty minutes. Like he, there must have been a bit of fear in case he got a set in jail, thanks to our great officials. But no, he like <laughs> he put, he was excellent. He, he went in like for all his challenges and won them all. And that's two brilliant performances in a row for him. And 
I know he had a shaky start to the season, but I can see now finally why we paid so much money for him because it was like it was like your hero, Mark Reaper. It was like that sort of display, mm-hmm. just yeah. commanding, confident, and I mean, it's another interesting good problem to have whenever Julian comes back, and we don't know when that's going to be. I mean, and say day like he's got no time frame in that. Like to have three centre backs that are in good, like, that are like capable of playing for the team is a good problem to have. And I thought the defence was excellent. They, they didn't have a lot to work with, but when they were like, under pressure, they did well. Yeah, they did. <clears throat> and now on to midfield, and I think this is where we excelled today, John. I thought Callum McGregor really was outstanding. A tremendous ball for Turnbull, and we'll chat about his finish later. But I thought his all-round game and his range of passing was just such a joy to watch. Um, I felt, you know, Tumble took his goal well. And uh, Tom Rogic, a man who was almost heading for the exit door and could never last 90 minutes, <laughs> is now a transformed player under our wonderful manager, who we will not criticise. And no. today, I mean, today we've seen a more physical side to him as well. I mean, he bullied Fuchs at every turn. John, as we remember, Fuchs was the standout player at Celtic Park against us back in September and the one-inch mm-hmm. draw, but... Like today, he wasn't given a chance to impose himself and influence the game for Dundee United. And I felt that was down to the work off the ball by McGregor, but also Rogic as well. No, McGregor, first of all, I thought he was excellent, by the way. I think Fuchs is a good player and he's the sort of player that Celtic should be keeping an eye on. When they uh, beat Rangers, I think uh, he was brilliant, as far as I remember. So no, I thought the midfield was excellent as well. McGregor, his his performance has dipped a wee bit. The the game in uh, Germany against Leverkusen. It wasn't his best game, but he's bounced back well. I thought he was good uh, the other night against Hearts, especially in the second half when we got control of the game again. I mean, everybody was going on about how Hearts had the chances in the second half. Well, the last 15-20 minutes, Celtic dominated again, and McGregor was a lot to do with that. And today, I thought he was brilliant. He was everywhere. He's what you want a captain to be. He does like the. He does a lot of work that people don't notice. I know he was... He's been involved in goals, and look at last week when he scored against uh, Aberdeen and set up the first goal as well. But no, he does a lot of the, like, the, the things you don't see, and I think you can tell he really likes being captain. I think when we play Hibs in two weeks, he'll be just ridiculously up for it. But Tom Rogic, what a player. I mean, I've always liked him, as you know, <laughs> the glory days. And uh, that goal against Aberdeen, what a, what a moment. I was there where I... Uh, an employee, another Scottish football club, I won't name. <laughs> he knows who he is, but no, that was one of the greatest Celtic and Celtic moments ever. That winner against uh, Aberdeen in the cup final. But no, he's just he's took it to a new level. I mean, the, the other night, as him, as you said, him playing ninety minutes, that would never have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And he was digging in and making sure, like Celtic were fighting for every ball. And I think in the past, people thought it was like a luxury player. And in a way, yes, when you see the goal is scored. But he's no anymore because he battles for every ball. He can play 90 minutes. And Ange has just transformed him. I mean, as you say, a couple of years ago, he could have left. I think it was Qatar he was moving to. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like, people were just shrugging their, shrugging their shoulders, really, being like, oh, well, if he leaves, he leaves. But he'd be, he's been massive for us. He's been absolutely brilliant. And he's going to be key for us in this run we've got. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I know we're not really going to talk about Thursday, but I wouldn't play him on Thursday. I'd save him yeah. for uh, Motherwell, and then we've got Ross County, then the Cup Final, then Marin Hibs, then Rangers, and if he's on song, he'll give Rangers a right hard time. He was just fantastic. And he's, 
that goal was exceptional. It reminded me of that uh, legendary Paddy McCourt goal against St Mirren four years ago. <laughs> the one, uh, I think it was the old Love Street when he went on a mazy run. I think his his goal was for no, 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 no. That was at St Mirren's New Park in like 09, a 2 0 win. All right, I, that was it. I think it was voted one of its best of our goals. I don't know if this goal was like as good as that, but it really was a brilliant goal. And he's he, look at the heart of everything that's good about Celtic. He's so strong in the ball now as well. He doesn't get brushed off the ball. And Ange has just transformed, transformed. I mean, we know Ange's done a good job already, like picking Celtic up for last season, but he's made uh, Rogic like the linchpin that is said he wasn't last year and that's who he is and well done to Ange for doing that because I'd give Tom Rogers going to go and track now well Ange actually said before we move on to David Tumble Ange yes. said um, regarding Tom Rogic I know him well he's one of these special footballers that when the ball goes to him everyone just stops and sees what he's going to do you want to be paying attention that's not the time you be looking down at your phone or taking a drink you want to stop everything you're doing <laughs> and he's pleased that he got his goal today that's probably an area where he's let himself down a little bit this year and he's had some good opportunities and Ange was said that he's pleased that he's got his reward and I hope you get the impression as well John that that's not going to be a case of Rogic doing that and then it's a case of uh, letting the next few games being anonymous it seems like Rogic wants to be a real leader in this Celtic team as well considering he's been here for some amount of time he's looking as if today was taking a lot more responsibility not just today but in previous games and it looks as if he really wants to kick on and improve under Ange because he's put so much faith in him now Ah yes I said he's one of the main men now and He's not been one of the main men at Celtic for a long mm-hmm. time. Even like when we were winning trebles, apart from that, like treble in 2017, he wouldn't say he was one of the main men, like maybe Eddie was, or even Forrest was for a season or two, or the belly or something like that. I mean, he was always a big player, but he was sort of on the periphery. Well, like if you needed a goal or a goal yeah. in a big game, you'd look to him. But now he's the main man. He's, he should be first name in the team sheet every week. He should... Uh, he, he's like in the strongest available team. Like he's like this within the spine of the Celtic team. You wouldn't have expected that a couple of years ago. And no, well done, Ian. She's just made Rogic, who was always a good player that I liked, and an even better player. Yeah, fully agree, John. Now <clears throat> moving on to David Tumble, I felt mm-hmm. his goal was just really underrated. Everyone was talking about Rogic, and rightly so. But I think. Tumble's goal was amazing, like seeing it in real time, I was like, wow, how did that happen? I think it may be because it's down to the venue, the standard of the league and the opposition involved, I don't know, but I thought the touch and the composure, then to follow in, was tremendous. Am I going overboard here, or did you think that was a brilliant goal too? Well, did you hear what Andy Walker said about it? Uh, that wonderful man, no, I did not, I was too busy going mental, what did he say? <laughs> he compared it to Paolo De Cano's goal at Pataudry in the Golden Boots all the years ago. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I think the Canio's probably due to the fact that it was 1 1 at the time, wasn't it? And it was, and like it was on golden boots. <laughs> and many boots. I think the Canio probably the, the level um, of that mm-hmm. is the stature of it. But um, no, I can see what he means, but it was still some goal, I thought. It was a brilliant goal, and it was even better when you consider how he missed that sitter a few minutes earlier when. I'm not really sure what he tried to do. I don't know if he tried to like, chest it in. It was very lazy with the effort. It was. I think he tried to chest it, and I just couldn't understand why he didn't like, take a touch and like, hammer it in the net. But no, it was a brilliant goal, and I think he needs to score more goals. I think he's it might be on nine for the season. I don't think he's in double figures yet, and that is quite good for a midfielder. But he can score more. Ange obviously likes him. He started every game for Celtic this season, which is uh, good going when you consider that 
he wasn't a first team regular up until this time last year. Yeah. If you remember, uh, was it against uh, Leo? He made that break, break three two, through three two game. The breakthrough. He had a couple. Did he not have like a couple of sub appearances? But then he actually started. Mm-hmm. Thank that was you, his first start. Thank you, thank you, Siamese boy. What a guy. <laughs> yes, thanks, Lenny. <laughs> no, he, I thought that was an excellent goal. He took it well. I still think maybe his final ball can be better sometimes. But he's another mainstay. He's a guy you can't see getting dropped. He started every game for Ange. Ange obviously has got him as one of your main, one of the main men. And I would just maybe like him to like. I know he scored a lot of goals this season, but I would like him to maybe hit the back of the net more if possible. But no, I mean the way he took that goal, the pirouette that he done, it was uh, really very, very good. And he's a good player. I mean, he was worth spending the money on when we did because I think he's going to be at Celtic for years, and I, I think. He can make that next, take the step up to the next level. He's good enough to do that. He showed the day that he can, and hopefully he can score more goals regularly. And finally, John, regarding the midfielders, um, on Callum McGregor, Andrew saying about the possibility of him being rested as well as the level he's performing at, he said ideally he would like to rotate them, that's all the midfield, particularly with the schedule we've got, but they're robust and they're pretty resilient guys. So he thinks it would be brave for him to be taking, you know, any of them out, especially Callum, and he would probably get an earful. Um, he said he's performing at such a high level all the time, and I agree with that. Do you think Callum McGregor now is playing his best football of his career at the moment, or do you think that was under a different managerial team, John? But can I just say, Tumble scored eight goals this season, so he's nearly on double figures, which isn't bad. Uh, I, I think McGregor... I don't know, I think he's... I think he has played better in the past... I think maybe in Brendan's first few seasons, mm-hmm. I thought he was excellent. I think this season, he has obviously got more responsibility because he's a captain, but he has reveling in that when you see celebrations. I mean, I'll go back to that game against St. Johnson. He was celebrating, like, pumping fists in the air, screaming and shouting at the fans. I hope he doesn't play in Thursday, though. I know I heard Dan saying that if he doesn't pick him, he'd probably get an earful for him. But... <laughs> No, take him out of the team. I mean, it's a one-off game. Again, on Thursday, in the bigger picture, it doesn't really matter. But no, it, McGregor has, in the last few weeks, after a sort of quiet spell, has got back to, which is his best. I mean, this was a good performance. They didn't play that well the night or against Aberdeen in spells. But when we were having the dodgy spells, he helped to pull us through. But he has played better in the past, especially when Rogers was a manager. But he's got that extra responsibility now that's made him, made him change his game. He's like he's sort of playing sometimes a sort of Scott Brown role where he does a lot of the the quiet work. But no, he's doing he's doing well, and he's another guy that's a mainstay, a linchpin of the team. And the midfield is the midfield is playing well now. Uh, McGregor, Rogers, Tumble, and I think that's the way to go for the foreseeable future. I agree as well with you there. And moving on to the front three, like particularly focusing on Michael Johnston. As you know, John, I've believed in him for months. Yeah. When many are viciously critical of him, but overall he played <laughs> his part today. For me, I think his attitude in the next few weeks uh, to himself and also us is crucial. I think mm-hmm. he has to build on this, and I know it's maybe perhaps overly ambitious, but I think footballers have to be in their career. 
and he should be looking to say, well, he's got a chance to keep Jota out of the team. In the same way that like, Anthony Ralston's excellent performances kept an international fullback for Croatia at left back, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how do you feel Johnston can actually fare with the hectic schedule ahead that we've got? Well, I thought it was good today. He had his head up. I was a bit concerned before the game that if he had a bad game, people would get in his back because I know he's like, he's not as good as Jota. I mean, let's face it. But he did well. He was involved in a lot. It was it was him that set up that chance for Kyogo, that header, in the first 10 minutes that Kyogo should have scored. It was, and yeah. he had a, that shot he had just past the post was a good effort. As I said earlier, I thought him and Taylor worked well together. And I think he will be used a lot in this run we've got. I doubt that Kyogo will be, I'll be, I doubt that Jota, I mean, I'll be involved on Thursday. I think Johnson actually will start on Thursday because he's needing starts to get his confidence up. And if he plays well against a team for La Liga, then that game, a lot of confidence getting into the game next weekend. But no, it's a big spell for him. And I'd say it's maybe the biggest his Celtic career because he knows that when Jota's fit, if mm-hmm. he's not his best, then Jota will get back in the team. But no, I know you're a big fan of his. And if the if MD was critical him before, they can't be the day because he stood up and was counted and he didn't let the side down the day. And that's more of what we need for Michael Johnson. I mean, he's still relatively young. He's like 22, 23. He's still relatively young. He's had a lot of injury problems. But, but he's... It's, uh, it's, it's crunch time for him, though, isn't it? It's, it's sounding like a Sun reporter there. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, as I said, I think it's maybe one of the biggest spells his Celtic career. I mean, if I can hold down a place in the team for the next month, he'll be doing very well. I yeah. mean, imagine if he's playing well enough that when Jota's back, he doesn't get in the team. What a... That, that just show how well Johnson's playing. And if it's up to him to show that he can do it. Because on his day, he is good enough. I mean, I always go back to that that game against Rangers uh, 2019 when we... Cup final? No, we beat them at Ibrox 2-0. Oh, it was yeah, him yeah. that set up uh, Eddie for the Eddie. first goal. Yep, and he like, the confidence that day was excellent that day. So he showed that he's capable of doing it. And But this is a, a really big month for him. I think this could be make or break. And hopefully he takes a lot of confidence for that in, in the weeks ahead. And the emphatic win was rounded off by Liam Scales, and that was a good moment for him. I liked how composed he was. I think when other players might have just put the head down and cracked it full force, we're going to talk about Ryan Christie, but you know what I mean. There's other players on the team who might have done it. And I thought he was very calm with how he dispatched that, and I think surely he gets a start against Betis on Thursday. I would think so. I thought it was an excellent goal, and even better, was that cross he put in a couple of minutes later, where it went across goal, Mm. and it was there for Kyogo to just tap in, and he missed it. But no, I thought Skills was very good. That's only his second appearance, his first game in the league. But you wouldn't tell that. I mean, okay, there's nothing to the great. But as you say, he took the goal well. It was in the right place at the right time. But that ball he put in, that Kyogo missed, that was impressive. That, that was a really good uh, cross in. So no, I would think he will start uh, Thursday. I would doubt Taylor's going to start because he's just back, as you say. So no, that'll be a big test for Skills. And again, if he does well, that's a big boost for him. Mm-hmm. Finally then, John, on to the manager, Big Andrew. It got me thinking that I felt today was his biggest statement win so far. Mm-hmm. Like his ideas, his philosophies, his system. I think there was a purpose and an intensity about the team today for the entire 90 minutes. I personally didn't feel there was any drop-offs. I think that's a big thing when people pose the conundrum. Mm-hmm. Can these players deliver Ange ball for the entire game when it's such a high-intensity high thing? And I th- think today we saw that they can, but I wanted to know your thoughts on like the manager's philosophy all coming together on days like today as well. 
It was what people talked about before he got here. I mean, that attacking, pressing football. And I think even though we beat Dundee and St Mirren 6 0 at the start of the season, I think today was the best performance because we were on it like for the very first minute. As you say, we didn't like let up. Like we that really like before the game, I think we were all quite worried because I know Dundee turned the playing well, but it's a hard place to go. We were playing just a couple of days ago. We've drew with them in the past this season. They've beat Rangers up there, mm-hmm. but no, we were dominant and on the front foot constantly for the attack for the start on the attack and I think that's what Ange wants and you can see why everybody is behind them because we play football the way Celtic should play football which is attacking football the only bad thing is that we don't score enough goals we should have scored plenty more goals already this season with the chances we miss but it's good I suppose that we're creating the chances but no Ange is doing doing very well I mean hopefully in the next few weeks he'll he'll win his first trophy as manager and win his first derby as manager and we're apparently buying like a couple of players for Japan. So, I mean, the Celtic board seem to be buying into Ange's philosophy. And we will be bringing players in in January, which is what we badly need. But Ange's doing very well, and the fans are behind him. I mean, I saw clips earlier, uh, the celebrations at the end, and the fans were really praising Ange. And rightfully so. I mean, it's early days, and I'm sure if we drop points eventually, people will not be happy. But no, as if Ange keeps playing that kind of football, then I think success will come on a sustained basis. It's just a pity, like, with how we sort of messed about, like, looking for Eddie Howe, Anston, they have, like, a real pre-season to get to grips with the team, and mm-hmm. it took a while for everyone to get going, and we dropped the points at the start of the season. Because if we'd got Ange in time, I think it would be clear at the top of the league, because we're definitely good enough to beat any team in Scotland. And, no, Ange is doing very well, and it's good to see that he's so popular with the fans, and in the next few weeks, hopefully, he'll get even more popular. Indeed. I know that due to the scheduling conflicts, we've actually not got the full hour, um, and I think we'll be finishing maybe round about seven. But yeah. I just wanted to say, right, so I'll cut out like a lot of the things I was going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, it was mostly just at the end, John, to see an update on how much has actually been raised for charity again. Right. <laughs> I'll just have a look. I'm not sure if we'll uh, get the exact amount here. Almost, almost at twenty thousand pounds, seven hundred and seven pounds short. I had twenty thousand, so nineteen thousand six hundred ninety-three. I think that is. So uh, that's all very good. Remember, GoFundMe.com and type in the ASCOM. Oops, I've I forgot. <laughs> Classic oh, reads. Hold on a sec. Uh, give praise to the 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 Celtic women's team, by the way. Give them oh, a, a shout Well, I'm getting Francis Fran Alonso, one of the greats. Uh, they won today, and that was them. They won uh, the League Cup, didn't they, John? They did what? for the first time uh, since 2010 That's that they've that. won the League Cup. Uh, they beat Glasgow City, won nothing, and they dominated the game. And Fran Alonso's doing a great job, and hopefully okay. they go on and the women's team go on and win the league. I think they could. Uh, there you go. Celtic men and women's team winning the league and in the same season. And without, How good without, that while you, well, it would that be? Amazing. And while you're looking for, I've got it now, by the way. Well, without said... trying to mug, without trying to mug you off, I just had to say, if you look at uh, the Gigpod um, Twitter, which is at Gigpod, I uh, need to read out our sponsor, which is Football Prizes, who are supporting the show and are giving away a signed Henry Larson frame Celtic shirt. There you and go. If you look at, uh, I know how good would that be for Christmas, John and. Would would you part with a fiver for the chance to win this, like our listeners should? Yes, actually, don't I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> but if you look I at can't win, pin- I can't win it. The one one of the gig pods, uh, the, the co-host. Two, well, two you're the host. The you're the host. I'm just uh, 
but yeah, um, so if you look at the <laughs> pinned tweet at GigPod, that's for your chance to win the Henry Larson frame Celtic shot via football prizes who are doing some brilliant stuff. But yes, um, without wanting to be a wido here and just uh, take up too much time in the Axon sort of charity weekender, I know that the great guys at Pod Tims are on after us. I don't know how they're going to possibly, you know, live up to to, to us joining. It's going to be a it's going to be a, a hard one for them, I think. I'm sure they'll do their best. They're more than capable. But here we go. GoFundMe.com. And if you type in the ACSOM Charity Weekender, that's the ACSOM for a Celtic State of Mind Charity Weekender, and you can donate there. And at the moment, it's at £9,278 raised of 10000 Super. I, th- I think there was about 10000 raised yesterday. So that's almost £20,000, and it'll surely be over that by the time uh, the event ends tonight. So keep donating, everybody. And finally, last thing then, John, before we wrap up and let the guys at Podtims take over, for anybody that doesn't know about GigPod and where they can listen, <laughs> come on, do your sign-off. You've got it for episode 81 here. Yes, if this will be uh, listeners of GigPod, the episode that you'll get in your feed uh, tonight or tomorrow. Uh, you can find us in all the usual uh, podcast platforms. You get uh, iTunes, etc., etc. You can... Uh, Leave us five-star rev- uh, ratings, reviews, etc. You can follow us, not me, because I don't write the tweets, at, uh, gig- <laughs> at, at GigPod. Thank God for that. <laughs> I know, I'd just be writing about bands and stuff, and comics. Boring stuff like that. Try and what, co- what, off. what comic book characters? Most like uh, Angelus. But uh, Batman, I don't know. <laughs> no, you can fo- Okay, you can follow us on Twitter, at GigPod. Uh, all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, thanks to all the listeners, I know we're doing well now. Thanks to all the listeners that also listen to us on Spotify and the Spotify Unwrapped uh, sections that people, a lot of people have been posting that GigPod was our most listened to podcast of the year, which is just stunning. Getting over it. What is up with people? I think there's some problems among the audience. There, there must be if they want to listen to us more than any other podcast in yeah. the entire world this year. There's obviously got some issues. In fact, Pod Tims were also on a lot of the, I think people listen, a lot of people listen to us and Pod Tims, so they really have got issues, a lot of people. God help them. <laughs> right, well, we are GigPod. We have been GigPod. I'm Stevie. John is that other handsome guy there. Um, and thanks a lot to everybody for tuning in. Thanks a lot to everybody for donating to the Axon Charity Weekender as well. And please continue to do so. And we'll let Podtons take over now. I don't know how they're going to be able to cope with us and match us, but good luck to them. Yep. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail. Podcast Network.